Global Broadcasting Networks presents Military Mom Talk Radio. We know behind every soldier, sailor, airman, and marine is the family supporting them. With over 200 episodes in 17 countries, over five seasons, with three million monthly listeners, we are Radio Strong. Now, here are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. Hey ladies, this is Sandra Beck. I'm here with Lisa Dietrich, Sandy Fowler, and Kathy Crafty. And I'm so excited to have this group together because the holidays can be just run the gamut. You know, one year you can breeze through it and everything's simple and easy. Some holiday years are boring and you're like, wow, that that was kind of, you know, boring or dull. Or And then there's some that are so painful, I can't even open up my, you know, Christmas box of ornaments without bursting into tears. So they stay, you know, in the, in the garage. And, um, I think as we age and as we change and as things happen, you know, kids grow, they get married, they get divorced. We get married, we get divorced, we move, you know, when Lisa moved away, Lisa Dietrich, I'll tell you this story. I felt like I had lost my sister. Now I know I can call her Mm -hmm. and I know I can, um, I can, can talk to her, you know, and things like that. But there's, there's something about, I have to tell you, Lisa became my friend because I recently got divorced and I was crying in the parking lot of Jack in the Box and I didn't know where to go or what to do. And a common friend of ours said, you should come to this church on Sunday night. It's really inspirational music. Well, that led to me and Lisa being really great friends. And when she moved, I felt this acute loss and that happens when people die or people move or people get transferred. And so there's all these like wonderful, joyful, sad and painful mixes that come up at the holiday season. And Sandy, you wrote a book called the Christmas secret, why the holiday season is so hard and how to fix it. I'm so excited that there's something out there that can address a lot of this stuff, because what do you do when you have blended families, step families, extended families, sandwich generation families. It's has it always been this way or has it gotten more difficult? Because it seems to be more more difficult for me. I I think Sandra, to some degree it's always been that way, but it's accelerated, just like everything else in our culture. We are doing more going faster and expecting more from ourselves. And so I know my mother struggled with the huge family traditions when you know when she and my dad got married she had all the traditions from her family which covered we're talking christmas here right so christmas eve christmas day and around that time well then she married into another family that also had those and the parents all expected them to be at everything and trying to figure out how to manage and balance that but i think that as time has gone on you know the distance across which families have and friends you know have to see each other you were talking about you know you and lisa are separated now if you want to see each other at the holidays it's a track. So, so yes, it's been there, but I think it's harder. And I, and I think it is definitely more difficult than it has been in the past. It is not your imagination. <laughs> no, and Lisa, where are all your grandbabies? They're like scattered around. Yes, I have three in the Southern California area and then one in Vegas. So they're not quite as scattered as they have been, but, um, you know, travel is expensive and, and it, you know, I was just kind of lamenting that, that I really need to get down and see my grandbabies again, because a couple of them don't even know who I am. And um, so that's kind of sad. 
It is. And Kathy, now you've got a cool thing. You you acquired some grandbabies. I did. I'm I'm so so fortunate. I went from having zero grandkids to having seven within about two years. <laughs> one one of my, my oldest daughter gave birth twice really quickly and closely together. And then my second daughter, who's on my show, she was my co-host today, in fact, uh, she fell in love with a whole family. Like her husband was a widower and he had four children and she fell in love with five people at once. She just has a magnificently big and beautiful heart. And then as if that weren't enough, she is pregnant and about to have our seventh grandbaby. So we're just in grandkid heaven, really. (laughs) It's pretty awesome. We love, we love them. They're all so dear to us. Well, and I think, you know, here is just an example. And then I'm divorced and I have my two kids living with my, you know, 84-year-old dad. And they go over to the dad's house with the new wife and the the stepbrothers and stepsisters. And then I have my half-cousins and half-siblings. And, you know, it's, it's hard, I think, when... Things have done been done a certain way for so long, and then all of a sudden, that just can't happen anymore. And there is a little bit of grieving that goes on with, with, with the change. I mean, I know the change is necessary, but you know, I had to feel sad that I was happy for Lisa that she was going to have this new adventure and this new experience, and you know, get out of Southern California, which you know, in some ways, is really a difficult place to live, and in other places, it's wonderful. Um, but you know, there is that little bit of sadness and things you have to work through. But we're friends, and we choose to be friends, which is a lot different than you know, you're stuck with your brother-in-law or your sister-in-law or a step parent or a step whatever, that's when the fun begins. And that's when it really tests, I think, a family. And I know it tests me. So I'm going to go to Sandy Fowler first. So challenges, it was interesting, Sandra, as you were talking about that, I was thinking about the different challenges that we have. And I think it really comes down to four things, time, money, change, and family. And the interesting thing to me is, I think that you can solve all of the challenges that you run into with setting boundaries and knowing your priorities. Mm. Not necessarily an easy thing to do, but very simple once you have spent the time thinking through it and deciding what your priorities are and how you can draw your boundaries. I love this. Kathy, go ahead. I want you to just keep talking, Sandy. I'm sitting here taking notes. That is so valuable. And I'm old. You would think I would have this figured out, right? Like, I thought I would be wiser by now. But based on my experience, that is the challenge. And you succinctly just summed it up so beautifully. Thank you for that. You're so welcome. But, Kathy, here's the thing is, you know, you've been talking with us in prior shows and then here, and you've talked about the changes that are going on. Well, everything that you did before was for that situation. And now the situations have changed. So you feel like you're starting over from scratch. We did one thing last year that I loved. Speaking of all the grandkids, one of the interesting things about having in-laws and and we all live in East Texas. We just are so fortunate that our kids have married men that were raised here too. But what that does is it makes for very big family holidays. 
And so then, and then there's more than one set of grandparents. Plus, you know, we, we all have, there are some great grandparents still in the picture, which we're really happy and, and blessed to enjoy that dynamic. But you're talking about four or five generations then all from all different parts of families. Like I, I don't know who my son is going to marry that he won't be related to by marriage somehow. <laughs> he'll have to go outside of East Texas. But anyway, hopefully he'll marry. I want him to marry somebody close by so that he'll raise his grandkids here too. But anyway, last year we had what we called the grand ball. And I just pushed back all the furniture in the living room. And I had, we invited all the grandparents that are related to any of us anyway, you know, it didn't matter. And all our grandkids. And then we invited a gentleman who is a dance instructor to come and teach us how to dance. And it was really hilarious, but it was tons of fun. And, and it, that was our Christmas gift to our grandchildren this year. That is so fun. I love that idea. And it's it's going to be so far outside the realm of whatever people normally do that you don't have the families arguing about, well, no, it's our tradition to do it this way and it's ours to do it that way. This is clean slate, brand new. Nobody has had a dance instructor come in, I am guessing. <laughs> No, that was, it was really a stretch, but you know, it, was, it so broke down the, cause some of those were new relatives, right? And so it just really broke down the, I mean, who can dance and be serious? At least not me. I mean, some people are really gifted, but I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it broke down all our inhibitions, I think. And of course, y'all know I love hymns. I can't ever get people to sing hymns with me, but I try every time. So, but the, the dancing was popular. Well, I, you know, and I think that's, you know, you're making a new normal, you're making a new memory and maybe you do it once, maybe it becomes something you do year after year, but you gave it a shot. Yeah, I, I think for the particular year, it was really sweet because we were, you know, we, we have children that are adjusting to a new situation and there's a lot of grief that had made our family very tender Um, so I think I can sympathize with families who have lost somebody they love. I mean, one of my things I didn't know I would grieve, but I have is I didn't get to hold some of my grandchildren when they were infants because we didn't know them. And so when I think about military families, especially, there are just so many nuanced ways that they have to face grief during the holidays. And and one of the things is p- other people's expectations. You know, we I hope people will go to the show we did on holiday traditions because I think we really did a good job of talking about how to get free so that your traditions are serving your family instead of burdening your family. So that's a great episode. I hope people will find that on, on our uh, Hope for the Holiday series. But but. Boundaries become an issue, I think, and and I was so glad that Sandy brought that up because I found that, I mean, I wouldn't mind having a discussion on just how to be kind when you ask for a boundary. That's kind of hard for me. (laughs) Well, I think it's hard for all of us. I mean, you know, we're navigating new normals a lot. You know, in my family, there wasn't a long history of divorce. I remember my, like, one distant cousin got divorced, and then it was my turn, and then I opened up Pandora's box, and then two cousins followed later. But until then, it was all me. So people didn't really 
need we didn't ever have to have these skills on how to negotiate boundaries over holidays with with extended or blended families we'll be back after the break with lisa dietrich kathy crafty and sandy fowler uh sandy's book is sandy what's your title again um we have the christmas secret and we have christmas magic okay check it out sandy fowler sandyfowler.com or ahead, stay with us on Military Mom Talk Radio. Would you like to know how to bring more ease to all the decisions you need to make in life? Knowing your core values is the first step in Joyce's free live masterclass. You'll discover your top five core values in as little as 45 minutes. Join her now at free gift from joyce.com by the time this show is over you'll blink at least 30 times the average person normally blinks about 20 times per minute or 17,000 times a day a faster rate usually indicates anxiety or emotional stress What's the word for someone who blinks a lot? A squint of FIGO. FBI agents have identified a specific type of blink that they directly associate with gamma staying. That's a person who tends toward deception and fraud. Attorneys, also known as pedophoggers, look for blinking when they have people on the stand. The eyelash flutter means they really do not like the question at all. Women blink more than men, but when a man blinks at a woman, he always appreciates a wink back. What's another word for flirting? Hazelkoo. It's words you never heard. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Word. We're back with more great conversation on Military Mom Talk Radio. Hey ladies, this is Sandra Beck and I'm here with Lisa Dietrich, Sandy Fowler and Kathy Crafty and we are talking about boundaries during the holiday season. I know I didn't learn how to sell set boundaries until I was like 45 and <laughs> it was, you know, I just always did what I was told and, you know, tried to not get in anybody's way and, you know, make anything unnecessarily difficult for people and then at the end of the day I was frustrated and resentful so it wasn't a good move and it was only till I started realizing like okay we have to set some ground rules here we got to set some boundaries that cannot be a free-for-all in a divorce with two young kids so um, that was something that was hard-earned for me and it wasn't natural or organic and it didn't come easily I'm going to go to Sandy first so yeah Boundaries um, are an interesting thing, and I think it starts with respecting yourself and honoring yourself and believing that you are worth caring for. And especially for women and for caretakers, that can be a hard thing. So that's really the place I like to suggest that people start is just spending a little bit of that time in, in honoring yourself and saying, I am worth being taken care of. And if you can't do it for yourself, then do it for the people for whom you are a caretaker. Because if you aren't able to take care of them, then what happens? 
But I think you start there. And, and Kathy, during break, you know, you said it would be great to go back to talking about boundaries and priorities in terms of time, money, change, and family. I love that. That was such a great list you gave us. I can't wait to hear you talk more about that. So actually the place that I would start is not, well, the boundaries just in that understanding and, and be spending some time saying, you know, I'm, I'm worthy of, of caring for me. I, I am worthy of other people's respect and learning to be in that place. But really, before you start drawing a bunch of boundaries around holiday issues and things, it's important to figure out what your priorities are. Mm-hmm. And when I say that, yes, you're first going to sit down and say, you know, my priorities for Christmas are that, you know, I want our family to be together or I want to teach my children the real meaning of Christmas. Um, if you're talking about everyday life, you ask people usually what your three highest priorities are. They're going to come up with, you know, God, kids, marriage, things of that ilk. But none of those helps you in planning your days because those are very big esoteric topics. They aren't specific activities. So when I work with people, I teach them to take those things. Let's say you're just talking everyday life and you go, my kids are my highest priority. I go, well, what does that mean? What do you do that is important to you with your kids? Is it important to you to be the person who makes their lunch? Do you love to turn it into art and stick a note in it? Or like me, did you just see it as another chore to do? And so you passed it off to the kids as their chore to do when they were old enough to do it. You know, is your work the way that you take care of your kids? Is it about, for me, one of my priorities with my kids was I was going to be there and pick them up after school. I made a hole in my work schedule to be there because that's when we connected. So, what I tell people is Christmas too. What are your priorities about the holiday? Break that down into specific activities. Um, if you if you want the Christmas, you know, your priorities, I want to teach my kids the real meaning of Christmas. And for me, that's because this is Jesus's birthday. Then pick some activities that do that and make those your highest priority and focus on those. Does that make sense to you, ladies? I love it. Kathy, go I, ahead. I, Absolutely. I, love, I always find it. I mean, I woke up, I wake up every day and think to myself, or really what I do is pray and ask the Lord, which thing am I going to do today that is most important? And so priorities are my really my only way of getting clarity. So I love it that you've broken these down and, and you're challenge, challenging us to really think about what it is about the holidays we love and want to keep. I, I'm just loving this. I'm writing notes as fast as I can. Well, I am too. Cause I was thinking about, you know, the, the things over the years, cause when your kids, when you're in a divorce, like I am, and it's a fractious contentious one, it's not easy. And the holidays, you know, are split. It's like the great wall of China, even though our, our houses are only a mile apart, you know, they might as well be across the country. And when the kids can't come with me to Christmas Eve mass, that was such a big deal in our house. And we would all troop, you know, no matter what, you know, sick, tired and different, everybody trooped in. And we all sat in this pew, you know, And because sometimes we take up the whole pew. And um, 
we would just be there. And, you know, my brother would turn on the haze. My sister would, I'd count hats. I mean, not, you know, we weren't there paying attention like we were supposed to, but we were all there together. And I didn't realize how important it had become to me until the one year my kids spent their Christmas Eve at their dad's. And I was sitting there by myself. I cried the whole night in church. Mm. So you don't know sometimes what's important to you until it's gone. And sometimes there are boundaries that are imposed on us, such as in a divorce situation where our kids don't get to spend the holidays with us. Um, One of the things I found um, as we grew up and got married was that um, now, like we were talking about, there's a whole set of traditions. Well, I want to spend Christmas with my family. Well, my husband wants to spend Christmas with his family. And we had to go into some negotiations there about, okay, (laughs) tell you what, we'll do my family Thanksgiving your family Christmas, and then we'll switch off every year. I mean, there's ways to negotiate through those and create those boundaries. Um, I know one family member, I can't I can't be very specific here, but, um, you know, they had that agreement. But then when Christmas came around, the wife starts crying that she wants to go to her family again. And so, you know, I, I think that's where being adults and, and, you know, coming to the realization that we can't always have everything we want, we need to look at what's important to other members of the family as well and make sure that we're, um, you know, not taking it all for us. And that's an interesting piece too, Lisa, because when you sit down and you start saying, my priority is this. So maybe in Sandra's case, I mean, this wasn't quite it because Sandra said, you know, you're counting hats and stuff, but, but if your priority was (laughs) that that you, yeah. So if your priority was that you wanted to take your kids to a religious service for the holiday, this is when you can start getting more creative and going, okay, because I I do have this divorce decree, and so I don't get my kids on this day when I want to do it, but I can still have my activity. So yes, it is sad when you can't do exactly what you did. But you can still at least look at it and go, but I can get the most important piece. It doesn't happen on the day I wanted it, but I can still have it. And that's one of the things I love about getting down to that activity piece. Because activities can be moved. They can be done on different days, different times, different locations. Those pieces of it can change. And I think it just helps us when we don't get everything we want to be able to just focus on that, yeah, but I got this and try to be, you know, grow that gratitude for the bit that you've got. Well, that's the one thing that I'm going to go before I go to you, Kathy, for your quote is that people shared with me, like my friend Christy, her husband's a firefighter. You know, Christmas may or may not happen depending on the wildfires here in our town. We've got police and first responders and nurses. Many people can't be home for Christmas, so Christmas is moved or Thanksgiving is moved to accommodate. And once I got the swing of that, when my kids were little, I had them write a letter to Santa to move Christmas for us. Say, you know what, I'm going to be at my dad's this house this weekend, so Santa, bring the stuff here, and and I'm going to be at my mom's this house, so Santa, bring the stuff here. You know, we just kind of directed that. But when I was, I was made aware of nurses and first responders and military conditions, all of a sudden it was like, yeah, we can move this. It's not the end of the world. I love that. Well, you're going to love my quote, but I I have to say it's, it's just something I say to my family. And, and I started saying it when the kids were really little and we were trying to negotiate with 
my parents, Dave's parents, all the family members. And I started telling my kids, if I have a relationship with you 364 days of the year, I can see you anytime. But if I don't have a relationship with you 365 days of the year, I don't need to see you on December 25th. Yeah. You know, I love you every day. Yes. And if we don't have a relationship, why are we bending over backwards to get together once a year? So my kids love that because they know we're going to be really flexible about the holidays and they're going to get time, but they're not going to be, I'm not going to burden them with that. You know, that's why I quit writing a family letter at Christmas. I finally said, you know, if you know me, you'd know what was going on in my life. So, (laughs) (laughs) Right. Well, that was my first step with Christmas cards. When I went, y'all, I can't get all these out. Is that's I went through and I said, why am I sending to Christmas cards to the people who I'm going to see for three separate Christmas celebrations? So I used it as that excuse to get in touch with people who I haven't seen, you know, people who we knew when we lived overseas. And that's really the only way you keep in touch. And then I had the same realization. I'm like, well, that doesn't have to happen at Christmas. And they would probably actually enjoy the update more when they aren't being swamped by all these other things. Okay, so I have a question for you girls. When it comes to this, and you're trying to, as a young wife, figure out how to say no to stuff, give me some good phrases like, gee, we love you, but it would be more convenient for us. Like, how do you speak that to people who are not going to really get it very easily? Oh, Kathy, I actually don't start there at all. Where I start is going back to that place. So let's say that I'm a new wife and I I have this tradition problem. So I sit down with my mother-in-law and I say, we are trying so hard to blend these two families. And there's so many traditions going on. I would love to know what you really love about Christmas. What is you know, what has the best memories for you? What is the most important to you? And I go to each person and I find out and then try to craft something that fits people's, so it fits what people think is most important to them. So when they ask them to give up a tradition, it's coming from a place of, I heard you and I care about what is important to you. Nice. I love that strategy. That's awesome. That is because, you know, borrowing languaging, you know, I borrowed a lot from Lisa and Kathy, I've borrowed a lot from you over the years, you know, on how to say things. And, and so much of it is when you don't know how to say it, you can't have the confidence to even open the conversation to say it. So I want to talk about this next segment after we get back from the break about how to say no, because for many of us, no was kind of a dirty word. No was something that we didn't say. We want to be of service. We want to be a nice person or a nice girl. And, you know, there's many of us that still struggle with saying no. And then we worry if we say no, we won't be liked. We won't be respected. There's a whole psychology going on with no. But I look to you guys because I I respect all three of you to talk about how can we say no and feel good about it and ensure to the best of our ability that the other person understands that we're saying no and you know whether they accept it or not is up to them but at least we got a fighting chance we'll be back after the break we've got lots more ahead stay with us on military mom talk radio
In today's business world, a helping hand or idea that doesn't come with an invoice is a treasured find. And if that happens to you, then you need to pay it forward to keep other entrepreneurs from making mistakes or getting a raw deal. It's called Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi. Wednesday mornings at 10, 9 a.m. Central. Josephine is going to have the guests describe their accomplishments, the lessons they've learned, both good and bad, and then sharing those pieces of knowledge as we create a movement of Paying It Forward. For more information about Josephine, her business, and background, you can go to MyMomKnowsBest.com. Josephine Girasi has always been a problem solver. She saw this need and has turned it into a movement. It's Paying It Forward. With tips, tools, and advice, and hard lessons learned, these pieces of knowledge can make a huge difference for you, your business, and others. So join us for Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi, Wednesday mornings at 10 a.m., 9 a.m. Central, on Doginet.com. you can burn as many calories in 45 minutes of yard work as in 30 minutes of aerobics. Yard work is a total body workout consisting of pushing, pulling, lifting, and carrying. Using a push mower alone can burn 300 to 500 calories in an hour. Raking and bagging with a pooking fork, that's a fork often used in gardening, burns about 330 calories per hour. Cleaning and digging with the dibble, that little hand spade, can burn approximately 400 calories an hour. Stay fit by horb-gorbling. That's just puttering around the yard. To me, a perfect summer day is when the sun is shining, the birds are singing, and the lawnmower is broken. It's marching day. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. We're back with more great conversation on Military Mom Talk Radio. Hey, ladies, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Lisa Dietrich, Kathy Craffy, and Sandy Fowler. And I'm so, I so enjoy our shows together. It feels like we're just sitting around like a coffee shop, having a, you know, having a coffee and maybe a pastry and just talking about things. And yet you guys are all really good at what, you know, like what your individual um, disciplines are. And, you know, being able to say no was not something that I was ever good at as a kid. I don't like it to this day. And sometimes I say no in a way that's really rude, not because I intend to be rude, because it makes me so uncomfortable. And I want to go, I'm going to go to Kathy first because I love Kathy's birthday wish. She said to me one year, happy birthday, sweet friend. Now I tell all my friends, happy birthday, sweet friend, because that's such a lovely way to put it. And so how do you say no? How do you language it? How do you position it in your mind? And has it always been easy for you to say no? Uh, No, no has never been easy for me. (laughs) But... Actually, now it's one of my favorite words, and it's so easy to spell. (laughs) It's like one of those words as women we should just adopt and carry around in our pocket and use it a lot. I remember one story that will just illustrate how much I love no now. Well, first of all, we've all had bad experiences with yes as young women and probably making out with the wrong boy in the back of his truck or something. But uh, not that that ever happened to me. But... (laughs) <laughs> Learning to say no is essential. We, I really 
I just cherished it when my little girls started saying no at two because I knew they were going to use that later, and they, we, we were going to be very glad parents that they learned to use the word no properly. So we we really cherished it. But now, like for instance, one of the times one of my friends who was a great mother, and she was feeling guilty because she didn't let her kids watch enough TV. And I I said, no, you should not feel guilty because saying no to what is good, or in this case, sort of substandard, it really allows you time to, allows your kids time to say yes to great things like imagination and playing outdoors. So I love the word no, but it did take me a very long time to learn to use it properly and, and often. I'm going to go to Lisa next. Well, um, I mentioned I'm a pastor's wife, and um, I get people all the time coming up to me with great ideas of things that they think I should do or that we should do. (laughs) (laughs) And um, I I found it, you know, I'm a doer. I, I, you know, if it's a great idea, I'd love to to grab it and run with it. And um, I have a quote from a pastor named Chuck Swindoll. He's pretty famous. Um, He said one time, the need does not constitute the call. And that so released me from feeling like I was obligated to do everything that was needed to be done. Um, And it really helped me to hone in on focus on what I need to be doing and what I'm called to do, um, which is, first of all, making sure that my husband is taken care of and my family is taken care of. And then... um, you know, really putting some thought and prayer and consideration into what else I do. And so um, it's gotten easier and easier over time to say no, but this is how I phrase it is, hey, that's a great idea. However, my bandwidth is kind of full right now. Is that something you'd be willing to take up? And most times they'll say no. <laughs> really for them to say it. <laughs> But, you know, it may be a great idea that doesn't necessarily mean I'm the one that has to do it. Maybe we can find somebody who would love to do that. Well, and that's the the thing, because if you do it, like recently, I I got kind of put in a corner because it was in public with like, there was like a circle of moms at this event. And they're like, hey, Sandra, can you do this? And I looked at all these expectant faces and I you know I didn't have the courage the wherewithal or anything I don't like being put on the spot and what I should have said is I'll think about it and get back to you later because one of my friends who ran um political correctness over he was a public affairs officer at the middle Terry he he sent me a list of he's like you should have seen your face and (laughs) then he sent me a list of answers that I could memorize so I have something at the ready and I wish I had had that because I didn't buy myself any time and I didn't have a really good reason for not wanting to other than I didn't want to. And so I said, Oh, okay, I'll do it. And then I did it at the last minute. I was totally resentful and I didn't like those women because of that, even though it was my own fault for saying yes. Um, And I felt pressured and I didn't like that either. But of course, did I say anything? No, I just sucked it up and and did it and then was resentful. And I'm thinking, well, this everybody lost at that level because I've got, you know, things I collected for with resentment. I gave it with resentment. They probably felt my resentment. And then I didn't ever want to see see them again. Yeah. 
I think we've all done that at one point or another. Yeah, it's hard. And so, you know, having some of these phrases, like one is like, oh, I'll think about it and get back to you next week. Or Lisa, like, hey, that's a great idea. How can we make that happen? Um, Having some of those at the ready, because sometimes I just don't want to. You know, there's there's no good excuse. There's no know anything it's just I'm tired or I don't want to and that always sounds so selfish to me to have those feelings but then if I do it then now I'm overtired and I'm really resentful I'm going to go to Kathy yeah I think when we're thinking about military moms and and military families one thing is older women that well I don't know if y'all y'all are not as old as I am probably but for me one thing I want to say to young anybody that's younger who might be listening, and that is use your word no, because no matter what phrase or how you package that, just feel comfortable doing it because you really owe it to yourself. You are our nation's heroes. You have people serving and you have stress in your life because of that that the rest of us don't have. And it is okay for you to carve out quiet moments where you take care of yourself. If and, and I mean, I remember older women telling me to take care of myself when my kids were little, and I didn't have a clue what they were talking about, but this is one of them. You don't have to say yes to things you don't want to do. If you don't want to do it, your instinct is good. You can trust your instincts, and you can say no, especially if you're if you're if you have a spouse who's deployed or any kind of additional stress because of a child that's serving in another place or whatever. It's okay to say no and, and carve out a little time to just take care of yourself and be with your own little family unit. Agreed. And you don't have to have a reason. You yeah. Just, you know, so Even you if have you time. have one, you don't have to share it. Right. That's, yeah. that's one of the things because your reasons are your reasons and not necessarily someone else's. And I wanted to go back and touch on something both Lisa and Sandra went to. And that was, you know, Lisa, you shared that quote, the need does not constitute the call. And Sandra, you talked about, you know, feeling selfish because you just didn't want to do this thing. But part of the reason that you may not feel like you want to do is, is it's not yours to do. And when we step into that spot, just because someone asked us to, we could be robbing somebody else of their opportunity to give back or to serve or to gather up their courage to do something new. And sometimes that space has to sit open for a little bit before the Mm -hmm. right person finds it. So when we remember that, then I think it makes it a little bit easier. And I have literally a formula that I use for saying no to people. And is first you thank the person, you give them a compliment, and you say no. So thank you so much for inviting us over for dinner. You are the most gracious hostess. I really hate to miss out on things, but unfortunately we're not going to be able to come. Or thank you so much for asking me to lead that team that, you know, that's such a nice compliment you gave me, but at this time, I'm not going to be able to do that. I and love that. The reasons don't matter. The why doesn't matter. If it's because you are going to stay home and take a bubble bath, that's mm-hmm. okay. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, or if you say, you know, um, we can't, you know, so whatever, you know, thank you, compliment, and I already have plans or we have plans. We have a family commitment that won't allow us to do that. Your family commitment can be that you were going to play board games or, again, you know, your plans could be that you were going to take a bubble bath or read a book because those plans are just as important 
as anything else. Kathy, you talked about, you know, that's what it means to take care of yourself is mm-hmm. to carve out that time and to literally just make time for you to decompress, to be downtime, to be able to hear that little quiet voice letting you know what it really is yours to go do. See, I think that's so beautiful. And it reminds me of, um, I went away with two other wives for a girl's weekend when their one husband was back from deployment. One was the fire, um, is a, a firefighter here, a mountain firefighter, and he had been gone. And we all got excited and we drove to Flagstaff and we were going to hike the Grand Canyon. We were going to do all these things. We got to our hotel room and we got this beautiful suite, you know, with three beds. And I got into one, you know, my girlfriends got into their other respective beds and we went to sleep. And then we got up and we ordered a movie and watched some TV and went back to sleep. Then we ordered room service the next morning. Everybody went to sleep. Then we walked down, swam in the hot pool, sat in the hot tub, ordered food, went back to sleep, and then the next day drove home. But that was what we needed. I think we got like 75 hours of sleep between the three of us in two and a half days. (laughs) Nice. I'm jealous. Right? (laughs) Well, but as moms and, you know, when you're doing double duty, you know, when somebody is serving, you know, whatever branch um, they're serving in, who's ever picking up the pieces behind is doing double and triple duty. And there is no relief. And for many of us, you can't call that person and unload your feelings, unload the problems because they're, you know, in harm's way. They need to focus on what they're doing. They can't be worried on what's going on back home. So to me, that adds just another heavy burden onto already burdened shoulders. I'm going to go uh, take us to commercial break. We're visiting today with Sandy Fowler, Lisa Dietrich, and Kathy Crafty. Kathy, what's the name of your radio show we should listen to? It's called Fireside Talk Radio, and you've inspired me. In fact, I mentioned you on the uh, on the show today, Sandra. So you're going to get a little kudos. That'll be an incentive for you to listen. Love that. And Lisa Dietrich, where should we go to read your your writings? Well, I've kind of taken a break from that. I'm actually working on publishing my husband's book, but my website is lisadietrich.com. Great, great. And And there will be more stuff up there soon. (laughs) Wonderful. Sandy Fowler, you can go to sandyfowler.com and get a copy of either of her holiday books that can help you through the holidays. We're going to be going on break now, but I encourage you to come back because you're going to not want to miss what these ladies have coming up next. We'd love to hear from you. Check us out at militarymomtalkradio.com. Or find us on Twitter and Facebook. Our shows are available on iTunes anytime from 0 hundred hours to 23.59. For now, stay right where you are. There's more Military Mom Talk Radio after these messages. In today's business world, a helping hand or idea that doesn't come with an invoice is a treasured find. And if that happens to you, then you need to pay it forward to keep other entrepreneurs from making mistakes or getting a raw deal. It's called Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi. Wednesday mornings at 10, 9 a.m. Central. Josephine is going to have the guests describe their accomplishments, the lessons they've learned, both good and bad, and then sharing those pieces of knowledge as we create a movement of Paying It Forward. For more information about Josephine, her business, and background, you can go to MyMomKnowsBest.com. 
Josephine Girasi has always been a problem solver. She saw this need and has turned it into a movement. It's paying it forward with tips, tools, and advice and hard lessons learned. These pieces of knowledge can make a huge difference for you, your business, and others. So join us for Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi, Wednesday mornings at 10 a.m., 9 a.m. Central on toginet.com. Notice that no matter how carefully you put the Christmas lights away, they still come out all cringle crangled and jitterty jitterty the next year. Christmas tree lights were invented in 1882 by Thomas Edison, and by 1900, these miniature versions of his electric light bulb were being advertised to the public. In 1895, Grover Cleveland proudly sponsored the first electrically lit Christmas tree in the White House, featuring more than a hundred multicolored lights. By the next Christmas, members of high society were hosting flambustious Christmas tree parties. Of course, in those early days, the services of a wireman had to be obtained, as many people had considered electricity as a bit of a bugaboo. It's I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. We're back with more great conversation on Military Mom Talk Radio. Hey, ladies, this is Sandra Beck, and we're here visiting with Sandy Fowler, Lisa Dietrich, and Kathy Craffy. And Kathy, you have such a wonderful way to put things. Here I was thinking, like, what kind of self-care tips can we give? And you just whipped it around and framed it so much better. I'm going to throw the mic over to you. Well, I was thinking about the families that serve our country by allowing their loved ones to be deployed or to serve in different aspects of armed forces, like I have a friend right now who's saying, we'll be somewhere, but we don't know exactly where for the next few months. And they don't tell us. We just pray for him wherever he is. So I was thinking, well, what gift would those, when my sweet friend, her, what would she want to give herself? Because she's so dear to me. What a beautiful sacrifice she's making in the name of freedom. And I, I was trying to think, well, how could, how could we encourage military moms or military families to give themselves something very beautiful and special for the holidays, basically self-care, taking care of themselves? I'm going to go to Lisa Dietrich first. Oh, um, you know, we allow yourself to just be. We don't have to be running around all the time. We don't have to be, you know, our houses don't have to be perfectly decorated Um, I think Pinterest and things like that are wonderful, but they put a lot of pressure on us. Just allow yourself to be. We don't have to do everything, be everything. Take some time. Just make some hot cocoa and sit on the couch. Rest. Take care of yourself. Well, and I would like anybody who's a Pinterest fan to go to Google and type in Pinterest fails because that's that's what my stuff looks like. Like, you know, I try to make a little chicken and it looks like it has encephalitis. I mean, it's just, you know, you, you, you have to go to Pinterest and enjoy it for what it is. Then type in Pinterest fails and you will just, you'll, you will laugh. It'll, it'll help Sandy Fowler. So, 
one of the things I like to do is just create a quick little list for myself of things that feed me physically, spiritually, emotionally, because you'll find that you have this little pocket of time and you're running around and you're crazy and you're stressed and you can't even think of what you want to do. And so your first inclination is to do something that's just an escape. Like for me, reading you know, reading a, a beach novel is mm-hmm. just an escape. And when I'm done, I don't actually feel better. I, I escaped from my life, but I didn't feed myself. So make a list of what does that for you. You know, coffee or wine with friends, taking a walk, visiting a museum. Maybe you are a person who's fed by reading a book, you know, taking a bubble bath. But get that little list together so when a time comes up, unexpectedly maybe someone you know decides that they're going to give you a gift and say hey I'll take your kids for you know a couple of hours or something that's my Christmas gift to you you can go oh this I can do this I can do this for me and I will actually feel better afterward and also if you have the ability and I know unfortunately some moms literally don't they like you said Sandra you know they are a single mom they're a mom of a deployed soldier or a dad of a deployed soldier and they are truly on their own But try to find some times on your calendar, and it might be when the kids go down for a nap. Instead of doing the laundry or starting dinner then, take 10 minutes or 15 minutes and literally write it in on your calendar that that's time for you. And then you have your list, and you go, these are things I can do. And it can be just sitting there and staring out the window. I I will make a cup of tea and just sit in my favorite rocking chair and stare out my front window. And sometimes I think and sometimes I don't. Sometimes I just watch the squirrels play or the snowfall. But it's very relaxing and refreshing and rejuvenating. Well, and most of the times I can tell you as a single mom, the things that I need, nobody can really give me. I mean, yes, you can come over and do my laundry and yes, you can, you know, clean my kitchen. But more often than not, what I need is sleep. And when I look at sometimes my house gets to be such a disaster and there's piles everywhere. I mean, there could be a homeless guy living by the fireplace. I never know. And when I lay down and take a nap and I set my phone and I can take an hour or a two nap, because I'm sorry, those 15 minute cat naps, I walk around like a zombie for the next three hours. Um, I need sleep and I need to get that sleep. And it's just amazing to me if I will allow myself that two hour uninterrupted nap while the kids are in school. And I I try to, you know, plan my work day around this nap and I can get up and do so much more done because you don't realize how you're dragging around, dragging the laundry, dragging. Everything is like in slow motion and you're miserable and you're exhausted and you're tired. And then sometimes I have to redo everything. You know, I washed the same load of laundry twice just because I was so tired. I washed it and I put Mm -hmm. it in the laundry basket. Then I got to doing something else and I dumped the clean laundry into the washer and washed it twice. I mean, stupid things like that because we're so tired. And you will find that taking a rest when you can means you can do three things at once later because you're energized. And, you know, when everybody asks me, like, what do you want for Christmas? A nap. Like, what do you, what do you want, <laughs> you know, for your birthday? You know, sleep. And, you know, typified by that time when the three moms went away for this big, fun hiking weekend. And what did we do? We slept. And Things look so much better when you're not tired. And I'm going to say when I'm tired, 
I will cry at the news. I will cry at a commercial. I'll get teary eyed because my kids come over and go, oh, what's for dinner? And mm. everything hurts my feelings when I'm tired. Sandy, what happens to you when you're tired? I get crabby and snotty. And I also go into what I call go mode. Instead of going through things and being patient, I'm just looking at the fastest way from point A to point B. And I kind of skip there, do things myself, don't listen to other people. It's not pleasant. How about you, Lisa? Um, I get cranky and I, mm, I will, you know kind of go off when on things that really aren't important. And Kathy? Yeah, I was kind of hoping you wouldn't notice me and wouldn't ask me that question. <laughs> y'all, are too, y'all are so honest. I'm, I'm feeling that I need to, to pony up here. So I'm going to say I usually try to go to sleep at a decent hour so I don't get tired, but... I do notice that when I'm really tired, I'll sit in front of the TV and watch the Big Bang Theory until the whole season is done. And so then it's like two o'clock in the morning and then I need a bag of potato chips. So I'm going to say watch TV and eat or maybe read a book till two o'clock in the morning. So those are bad choices for me. (laughs) Well, but the reason I bring this up is because I could ask any of you at any given moment what your husband does, what your kids do when they're cranky, tired, and hungry. Like, you know, the the AA thing of halt, you know, before you speak, ask yourself, are you hungry, angry, lonely, or tired? You know, that's one of the things they teach Mm -hmm. over there. And that's how I learned it. And um, I was really happy for that because I could identify my kids, but I couldn't do it in myself. And I really had to sit down and go, okay, what happens to you when you're like hungry, angry, lonely, tired? Like I get weepy. I get sad about things. I feel terrible. You know, you could just bump into me and I would like grab my arm and start to cry. Um, we're all different and we know our kids inside and out, but we don't necessarily always know ourselves. Sandy. I, I think you're right, Sandra. And that goes back to that whole thing of paying attention to and taking care of everybody else and not ourselves. And we've talked about this a few times on this episode. This is another opportunity really for self-care in that when you recognize those symptoms in yourself, do something about it. Kathy. Yeah, I think, I think for me, that's what I've, I'm learning. Like I'm learning that if I, if I am so tired that I can't get myself to stand up after one episode of the Big Bang Theory and turn off the television, that then I, I'm I'm not really helping myself for the next day. I'm I'm actually short circuit short circuiting myself for the next day. Plus, I invariably if I sit there long enough, I will find the potato chips, and that is just bad for me. So I I think self care for me does involve. Well, I tell you one thing we did is I put. I put clocks, those battery-operated clocks, big ones, right next to the television so I would know it's 10, 11 o'clock at night, time to turn this television off and go to bed. That's helped me. I mean, that's just a small thing, but that is one way I take care of myself. Kathy, I'm a big bang fair. I have all the episodes on voodoo. And when I'm in a bad mood, I sit there and I watch them till I feel better. So you can always call me and we can watch it together. <laughs> well, I think favorite lines and 
I think it's kind of your fault that I got addicted because you mentioned the East Texas Christian lady that was the mom, Sheldon's well, mom, about two, two or three years ago. And my my uh, son-in-law had been telling me I would love them. Well, of course, as soon as I found her, I just love her. I think she's so hilarious, of course. <laughs> and well, and, yeah, whether it's the Big Bang Theory or one of my other guilty pleasures is I turn on the Hallmark Channel. Like on a oh, Saturday yeah. or Sunday the Hallmark Channel will play these goofy movies where everything turns out right in the end. You don't have to have any like murder or killing or horrible things. And for like a couple hours and I, I sit there and I fold my laundry and, you know, I clean my bedroom and I have a Hallmark movie playing and it just helps set me right. And I don't think we have to spend a lot of money or do a lot of things. We just have to know what works for us. Lisa. I love my 20-minute naps. I can come out completely recharged no matter how tired I was before. Um, and so when I find myself getting, you know, the cranky going off on things I shouldn't, uh, and I know I'm tired because it usually meant I stayed up watching TV too late the night before, I will just go in. I'm going to take a 20-minute nap. I'll be back. And that um, everybody's kind of happy when I do that because I come back all refreshed and good to go. Well, so I guess all of us are giving everybody listening today permission to rest, permission to take a time out, permission not to be Pinterest perfect, and to just give themselves the same compassion we would extend to each other. Because I would never bust any of these women here on not doing their very best, but I know these are some of the hardest women on themselves, and as I am too, this pressure to perform that we have with social media and all this different influence. So we wish that you would enjoy the holiday season, and we give freedom to you for those who defend our freedom. Kathy? I just I want to say thank you to those who those families who are making the sacrifice so the rest of us can have freedom. You know, I love freedom of speech, freedom of religion. All the beautiful freedoms we enjoy are not free. They're paid for by people who make sacrifices. Happy holidays. We'll be back next week. Thanks for tuning in to Military Mom Talk Radio. Want more information? Check us out at MilitaryMomTalkRadio.com or find us on iTunes for more than 200 free episodes. Drop us an email or find us on Facebook. We are looking forward to another great discussion. We hope you'll join us on Military Mom 